Welcome back to Elevate Inspiration for Sunday School. This week, our lesson is on Vindicating Wisdom. We start with this picture here. Wisdom is proven by the results. I like this picture, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more as, we, as this lesson unfolds. You know, in our day society, if you want to really make money, you got to create some type of controversy. Uh, we have controversial figures has emerged throughout history. But when you think about vindication, which is our subject, vindicating wisdom, mainly vindication means to free from blame or allegations. Many times uh, we take individuals in our, uh, even in social media, and they uh, have a reason for something that they did wrong, but they need to be, we call it an allegation, but they need to be vindicated from that. And that's in turn occurs maybe in going to court, going to trial, even putting up um, um, things why they did this. But but that that is a a really a controversy in our society. So today we're going to look at exploring two different opinions about a person by the name of John the Baptist. Now our first outline is kind of talking about John the Baptist, and actually if you look at the verses 10, 7 through ten, I kind of get pause for a few minutes, and I want you to read those verses. Uh, I picked those from the messes. And actually, what has happened here is that John's disciples have come to Jesus and they asked him, um, because John the Baptist had been in prison, remember um, uh, he had informed King Herod that he, it was wrong for, him, wrong for him to take his brother's wife. And he's in prison and no doubt John is kind of um, depressed. Um, want to know has he done the right thing um, and want to know is Jesus the Messiah so he sent his disciples to Jesus to ask that question and Jesus actually reveals to uh, and said tell your disciples go back and tell John what's going on the blind is seeing the lame is walking lepers are cleaned deaf can hear the dead are raised. The wretched of the earth learn that God is on their side. In other words, Jesus is fulfilling what was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, verses uh, chapter 35, verses 5 through 6. So, so now we start with this here. Here, John's disciples left with that report, and then Jesus turned to the audience, and he began to question them, why did they come out? To see John the Baptist. And I like this because it says, Was he the weekend camper? Harder than was he a sheik in silk pajamas? That's right, he's a prophet. And then he, he says here, Probably the best prophet you ever heard. He is a prophet that Malachi announced when he wrote, I send my prophets ahead of you to make row smooth for you. So now, I want to focus on verse 11. 
verse 11 says, For verily I say unto you, among them that are born of women, there has not risen a greater than John the Baptist. And then he flips here. It seems like it's contradictory because Jesus said, He that is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than him. And then he goes on and talk about um, uh, this, the suffering of violence from heaven. Um, talks about John. And then he says at the end of verse 15, he that has an ear, let him hear. And, and I want to focus on this right here, this term, kingdom of heaven. See, Jesus spoke, and many times he would say God's kingdom, a kingdom of heaven. He spoke in terms of a three time frame. There's the near, there's the right now, or the here, and there is the yet to come. If you actually look at uh, Luke 21 and 31, Jesus takes these words. He says, so likewise ye, when ye see these things come to pass, know that, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh at hand. So that's nigh at hand. And then Jesus um, um, healed the demons. He drew correction, not heal the demon. He healed the individual and he drives out dem demons. And he's more likely speaking to God's kingdom already in the present. In Matthew 12, 28, he says, But I cast out devils by the Spirit of God. Then the kingdom of God has come unto you. And as he speaks to his followers, he come to understand his return. He speaks of the kingdom as a future reality, as noted in Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. So we see the kingdom of heaven is spoken in a three time frame. It can be near, it can be here, and it can be yet to come. So this is kind of puzzling if you kind of read that. Because first he says, that no one is born of a woman is greater than John the Baptist. And then he says, yet the person least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. So how can this be? So here's the clue. When would the kingdom of God be established? When? See, from perspective, the kingdom is, is neither near or future. God, Jesus speaks of John as least, as less than the least in this kingdom. So basically, John was an announcer that the kingdom is here. And then he's not subject to that kingdom in terms of his future reality, for it has not yet arrived in that sense. So what John is saying, yes, the kingdom is here. But John himself have yet to arrive in that kingdom. So God has done great things through John, but God will do greater things through the subjects of God's kingdom after Jesus' death and resurrection, which John has yet to see that aspect. So that's why he is least in God's kingdom, but he's greater than all the other prophets that was a forerunner for Christ. That's interesting. We end 
the lesson with this here, rejecting the truth. So what he does in verse 16, he tells the audience, you're like children. You really ask for things, but you really don't want those things. And when we give those things, you're not satisfied. And then he quotes, you're like fools. I like this one right here. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and you said he had the devil. I, the son of man, I come eating and drinking. And you say, behold, a man gluttonous, a wine builder, a friend of Republicans and sinners. And then he ends with this. But wisdom is justified of her children. So for those unwilling to heed God's wisdom, no messenger is good enough. And we can even look at that today. There are things that are being said that is God's messenger, but people are not taking heed to it. How you cannot please everyone. And then the children of wisdom are those who respond to John and Jesus in faith will prove the truth of what those two proclaim. So if we accept what the messenger from God is saying, then we are using wisdom. As you enter the path to godly wisdom, what do you struggle with? And I just have just a few here examples that you can look at. Saving money, marriage, setting priorities. What about a diet, dieting, giving, exercising? What about spending money? Do you practice godly wisdom when it comes down to these things? Parenting or even choosing friends. And that might be another some other areas that you might need to practice godly wisdom. Let's not be foolish and I will walk with God. Let's continue to practice godly wisdom. So I end with this thought to remember. What seems like foolishness to humans is sometimes is sometimes 